welcome to the Dentistry Podcast. I'm Gabby Bissett and I'm one of the editors at FMC. We're back with another episode, bringing you the most exciting conversations happening within the profession right now. Talking to the best of the best, we hope these discussions will help you to elevate your dentistry, both clinically and in practice. This episode, we chat to the fantastic Dr. Manrina Road. Manrina graduated from Guy's Hospital London in 2002 and has since become known as one of the top aesthetic dentists in the UK. She's recently celebrated 20 years within aesthetic dentistry, a feat very few can put to their name. Today, we'll be talking about how aesthetics have evolved since they first came to the UK and why it is so important they are properly acknowledged and accepted within dentistry. You know, there, there were so many people that graduated from my year who, uh, you know, three years in after graduating, I was loving my life and so excited about everything I was doing. And they hated it. They hated it so much that they wanted to leave. You know, they were looking for other professions. They'd gone through all this effort of going to a five-year dental degree and they hated it. And it's because they were working as general practitioners in the NHS and, you know, they they didn't, they weren't rewarded. It was really stressful. There were too many patients. The sort of clients they were seeing weren't always appreciating what they were doing. Thank you very much for joining us today, Manrina. Oh, thank you for inviting me. No worries at all. I feel like we've got a very good conversation coming here that is very relevant at the moment. I think, I mean, a lot more young people are getting into dentistry now with their eye on aesthetics, which obviously have have boomed in the last five to ten years and particularly in the last two years, I guess, um, over COVID. Is this something that you're welcoming? Is this something that you've, you've seen in your experience? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think the, the, the build-up of Instagram and these visual images um, as, as that's become more popular. Uh, Instagram is such a visual platform. And so uh, cosmetic dentistry does so much, or aesthetic dentistry does so much better um, on there than, than general dentistry. You know, a picture of a tooth or a filling, um, a, 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 smart, a smart transformation that does much better. And so that's probably where this has come from. Instagram has built up and then their dentists have looked at the other dentists on Instagram. And so this interest in aesthetics has built up. Um, I think it's great. Like looking back at when I started my career um, 19 years ago, um, and I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2022 because I, I graduated in, in 2002. And so from, from this, when this comes out next year, um, I, I'll, I'll be able to say 20 years. And that's such a nicer number. <laughs> so when I started my career 20 years ago, um, there really, uh, yeah, no, wow. Um, there, um, there really wasn't a lot of cosmetic dentistry in the UK. It was a very American thing. Um, I had to do all my education out in America. Um, people in England were still a bit like, oh, veneers, oh, you know, people still don't know what veneers are in the UK, which I think is so interesting. Um, but people really didn't, didn't know back then. And so, you know, we were very much the people that were, that were starting this off and, and building this up and, and getting, you know, doing, doing so much of this work because there weren't many people doing it. Um, and now uh, everyone knows about it, and I think that's so cool. Um, I've really enjoyed my, my career so far in, in aesthetic dentistry. I always say to dentists when, when I lecture um, about how rewarding it is that, you know, people don't come and see me because they've got toothache and, oh, I hate going to dentists and, oh, I'm here. And, you know, people don't, don't whinge about coming to see me. They, they, they find me. They look forward to it. They save money for it. You know, and finally they've, they've, they've come in for their appointment and it's like, wow. And, and they're there and it's such an exciting process. The whole thing is, 
it's so exciting making someone look better um, from start to finish and um and it's so rewarding you know i i always leave my job kind of smiling and walking with my back straight and being like yeah you know i, I created some really cool uh smiles today and ma- made a lot of people happy and um and i'm so glad that that so many other dentists are able to now bring this into their practice and kind of that evolution of dentistry from that single tooth dentistry and taking a tooth out or doing a root canal to actually being able to, to bring out the artist within ourselves and create these really beautiful smiles and, and help, help people have the smile that, they, that, they, that they've always wanted. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that you were perhaps ahead of the curve in a way, given mm-hmm. that, I mean, like you said, 19, 20 years ago, you, you entered dentistry. And then since then, you've, you've had such a huge career in aesthetics. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, it must be vastly different now. To, yeah. to what it was then how 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 has this been for you I mean how was it received early on in your career when you thought okay this is something that I, I think I want to go into was it quite difficult to um to get into and to introduce it to the public was there still sort of a stigma attached to it when you when you first started oh I think there's still a stigma attached to it now Gabby which I think is so interesting I was on a zoom call uh, with with a with a board uh, for an organisation the other day that I won't I won't name them, but uh, <laughs> but they were um, they were really um, go, looking down on uh, on on cosmetic or aesthetic dentistry and they were they were talking about how oh you know that's not what we want to portray and then they said these um, what did they say these uh, they didn't say Instagram superstars but these Instagram that sort of thing superstars and all oh, this cosmetic work and you know really really and I was on the call and so it was a bit like guys <laughs> you know yeah I am so sat right here on this call um and um and I but I thought it wasn't the right time to bring it up then and I would bring it up with the with the individual afterwards um but it's just that that whole mentality and I don't know whether there's a jealousy behind it that they it's not worked that, that I don't know why it is that they don't like people firstly to have Instagram followers and they don't like people to to be able to to be good and do well um ethical cosmetic work um but there's definitely a stigma attached a lot it happens a lot on dental forums you know it happens just in dental conversations to anyone who's who's not doing cosmetic work um she feels quite negative about it and then you'll talk to people who are doing it and how how rewarding it is and how much they're, they're enjoying their career and they're enjoying their life and how much success they're getting out of it so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that is. But yeah, it was definitely, of course, it was even more so uh, back back in the day when I when I started. Um, there were very few practices that were able to do this sort of treatment. Um, there there was a demand in the public. Um, I think those of you that know about my my career progression and where I kind of graduated, I went straight into into Lundosla. Um, they were opening the the first clinic in in Harvey Nichols. We went on to open. The first clinic in Harrods, so we kind of introduced luxury designer dentistry to the UK, um, and I was the first dentist to do that. And then um, we had a, a TV show, Ten Years Younger. So um, Ten Years Younger plays now, or like on Channel Five, but but back then it was um, on Thursday nights at eight PM on Channel Four, and there were only four TV channels. So everyone in the country on a Thursday night, you know, there was a lot of people watching Ten Years Younger. And so, um, and people wanted it. They'd look at it and they'd be like, oh, you know, 85% of people, even right now, um, are unhappy with their smile. So people are watching this show and they're like, oh, you know, can I do something about that? Wow, it'd be really great to, to feel better about my smile. And interestingly, as much as there might be a stigma attached within dentists about cosmetic dentistry, um, I don't think there is as much within within the public. Like, I think, like, 
Yeah, with men and women. Like people often say to me, oh, you know, what's your, what's your split like? I've got an absolutely equal split between my patients, between men and women. Um, because men, men want a great, it's one of those things that maybe they're, they're nervous about Botox and fillers and, and skincare, but they're not about teeth. They're like, yeah, like it's quite a masculine thing to be like, yeah, right, let's do this. Let's, let's create a perfect, a perfect smile. And, and, and women, obviously, you know, we, we like, a lot of us like to look better. Um, so yeah, so on, on Thursday night, the show would air by Friday morning, there'd be 200 new patients trying to book in with us. Um, there were only two of us that, that could do smile makeovers in the clinic. There was, yeah, my, my boss and there was me. Um, and he, tra- he trained me and, and sent me to all these courses um, in the States. And so, yeah, so we, we were prepping teeth. We were prepping teeth till midnight. We were prepping teeth um, till, you know, on Sundays. We were just, because there was so much, the, the demand was so great. He was fully booked for the next six months. I was in my 20s and, and just working all the hours God made um, to get all these, these veneers done. Um, but yeah, so the demand was there, and yeah, I don't think I don't think there was a big stigma, but but definitely the way we practiced back then is really different from the way we practice now. That's really interesting that the stigma you find is more prevalent within the profession than the public, and actually, it didn't surprise me when you said that. Mm. I think the demand has been there always. It's just mm. the availability of that treatment um, and that dentistry I guess yeah and obviously if you were one of the first people or the first person to sort of introduce this to the UK you've seen this gone from you know when it first started all the way to where it is now and obviously it's it's massive now Um, and I think with that comes questions of ethics and um, you know do people need to continue with other elements of dentistry whilst carrying it out and I mean earlier this year there was there was some young dentists who were talking about their motivations to go into to dentistry and and they said it was aesthetics yeah and they, they were really slammed for it on social media and, and 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 otherwise I mean there are a lot of very well-known dentists and clinicians who said you know you you need to do general dentistry first you can't just go straight into aesthetics and that's the wrong motivation for going to dentistry a lot of people are saying I was wondering what what do you think about this is this an unfair way to be talking about aesthetics oh, it's so wrong it's so wrong it makes me angry you know there, there were so many people that graduated from my year who uh you know three years in after graduating I was loving my life and so excited about everything I was doing and they hated it they hated it so much that they wanted to leave. You know, they were looking for other professions. They'd gone through all this effort of going to a five-year dental degree, and they hated it. And it's because they were working as general practitioners in the NHS, and, you know, they, they, didn't, they weren't rewarded. It was really stressful. There were too many patients. The sort of clients they were seeing weren't always appreciating what they were doing. You know, they were learning. Things were going wrong. And, and that whole thing... Um, and so it's so small-minded to then limit those people to, to that life. Like, if that's not the life that they want for themselves, if that what they want is to do what I was doing, to go straight off and, and start learning how to do it in a very... Uh, what, what I will say is don't do treatments that you don't know how to do. Um, when, we're not taught aesthetics at university. We're not taught anything about it. And fair enough, we're not. We're taught the basics of dentistry. So when you graduate, you need to make, take the time and take the effort to learn about it which a lot of dentists don't do. You know, I, 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 I have one of my friends um, from uni. She messaged me the other day. She's my age, you know, we're in our 40s. Um, she messaged the other day and said, um, I'm going to do this small makeover case. Um, I'm scared the, um, the veneers, will fall, veneers will fall off, so I'm just going to crown them all. And I was like, 
No! <laughs> we, don't, we don't bounce unnecessarily. And you don't do a veneer case because you're scared veneers are going to fall off. You just don't do the case. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, say, you either learn how to do these cases. Come on my course. I'll teach you how to do veneers. Yeah. She's abroad and that's, that's why she's not been on. It's been difficult for her to, to travel in this time. But, um, but yeah, you know, and that, that's where dentists are going wrong. Or I had a case that, that I fit last week and, the, and the, the, de- the patient, you know, she loves the smile. She's like, thank you so much. She's like, I've been talking to my dentist about getting these veneers done for years. But my dentist always told me that if he does them, that I can't even eat a sandwich afterwards. Because again, the dentist doesn't know what he's doing and he wants to do, do veneers and, and he's scared they're going to fall off. And so, um, so ceramics and cosmetics, um, aesthetics, get a really bad reputation because there's because there's no formal pathway out there and so there's a lot of dentists maybe trying to do it that don't know how to do it um or doing it and it's going really wrong um they're over prepping they're, they're causing issues um obviously we know about where, where people it's a whole new podcast about um people who go abroad for dentistry and where they don't have as, as strict regulations and the problems that i've seen from from patients who have gone off to to Turkey or whatever and they you know and then they end up spending so much more with all the root canals and everything I need to do to try and fix what went wrong um so so yeah so for young dentists um if this is what excites you then the world needs good aesthetic clinicians and so absolutely this is what you should do but go on your training courses and learn how to do it well and take it forward and be a brilliant clinician clinician and how brilliant are you going to be if you start right back then from the beginning like I did um, and then now at this stage in my career I've got you know the old, you know this 19 20 years behind me um and and I can do this stuff with my eyes closed and I know I know it's going to go well I know it's stress-free and I know what's going to happen and I can see within seconds of meeting someone that bang 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 this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to do it it's going to be brilliant um and that's where they can all be so yeah I don't know it really upsets me I'd love to actually maybe we can just sit and have a debate with one of these clinicians one day and let me just hit them head head on (laughs) (laughs) and talk about why why are they so close-minded and why they're so ridiculous to these poor dentists who are actually just trying to create a great life for themselves yeah, absolutely. It's a very good point. And you, you yourself, you have a training academy where I'm sure people attend and they, they learn how to do these things properly. And do you think this is something that perhaps should have a foundation at a university level, perhaps not to the detail that your training academy or other people's training academies might go into? But do you think this kind of discussion and perhaps some 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 basic introduction to aesthetic dentistry might be useful to sort of break down this stigma within the profession? Yeah, maybe. I think it's interesting. I wonder whether in um, medicine there's any introduction to plastics um, in their five-year degree. Um, There probably is. Yeah, there probably isn't. Um, But all the other specialities, which are formal specialities, do have sections that you learn about. So even if there was just just a short introduction, just an understanding of smile design, uh, so people can get away from single-tooth dentistry and kind of understand the principles of what a smile should look like, um, I think I think that would be great. I think the, the training the training pathway in aesthetic dentistry is difficult. You know, there's been uh, many people who have who have come on my course who, within the first few years of graduation, but there's also been many people that have come on my course who have aesthetic MSCs, and despite having gone through all the effort of doing an aesthetic dentistry MSC, they're still not clear on how to do a smile makeover with porcelain veneers, um, and they, they've still not done any in practice, and so. Sometimes with these training pathways, they give you a lot of theory, um, but then, but but yeah, not the skin skill set to take any of this forward, which is fair enough. You pick up the theory, and then yeah, you go on other courses to actually learn how to do that procedure. Um, 
But yeah, maybe you got something there, Gabby. I think just a very light introduction to even just smile design, starting to incorporate that in would be great. But it would mean changing the mindset of the head. And That's I, a very good point. <laughs> yeah, and it's only as those heads now change over to the next generation of heads yeah. that, that maybe things will start to change. Um, but yeah, they have to change. They have to change and understand that this is what the public wants. And who's going who's gonna to do it? If you... Yeah, if you want, if the patient wants twenty veneers because they want bigger whiter teeth, and uh, there's no other way to give them bigger whiter teeth, um, someone's got to do it. So there's got to be someone's, and, and I'm not saying dentists who don't know how to do it should just try, like don't try, just but know what the options are and refer them to someone who can do it, like you might do for a difficult extraction that was not within your your scope of practice. Um, but there has to be dentists out there that can do it that you can refer to, um, like so many dentists refer to me. And they're like, yeah, and that's great. I do this for their cosmetic work and I send them back. Um, and everyone's happy and it keeps life uh, less stressful because you're, you're doing stuff that you're comfortable doing. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's important as well, surely, for enjoyment. If you're doing something you're comfortable with and, and feels like second nature, yeah. then... I'm assuming. I mean, I'm I'm no clinician, but I'm assuming it just it just feels more enjoyable the job on it on a day to day. You don't want to go into the 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 surgery thinking, right? I don't quite know if this is going to go to plan. Yeah, and, and all like- the stress. Yeah, of like <laughs> then you do have an ear, and then yeah. Oh my god, there was a post on this forum the other day, and this this girl was like, oh, I tried to do these veneers, and then I prepped them, and then I I, did, I, I prepped them too much, I didn't know if I was supposed to nerve, and then I put the temporaries on, and then um, the temporaries fell off, and then the patient came back in, and I put them on, you know, and then I tried to put the veneers on, and then they didn't fit next to each other, and then I stuck them on, but then they were stuck together, and you know, and she was like, it was so stressful, and I was like reading this post, and just being like, oh my god, like, come on my course woman, like, why did you try and do this, and she, she watched a YouTube video to learn how to do it, and then, oh, uh, no. and then so she do some veneers, and it was like, wow, like you know, if you've not been taught it formally, don't don't do it. Um, but equally, if it's something that interests you, then go through the effort to learn formally how to do it, and then go through that difficult phase of when it is difficult because you're you're new. But make sure you have mentorship in place, so there's someone you can ask um as as you come across difficulties and then yeah and just know that as you go through that and the more cases you do the easier it will become and then eventually you're creating the life that you want and eventually you get to a stage where this is all you do and it's very easy and then that's that's beautiful yeah exactly and you're where you want to be and you're comfortable with where you are yeah it's, it's important i think i think even though you are very um you're an advocate for this approach to dentistry and and you are very keen to encourage people to understand that it is now de- a part of dentistry and that should not be shamed and there should be no stigma attached to that as with everything there obviously is this other side to it um that perhaps maybe is sort of linked to that double edged sword element of social media do you have any concerns over the future of aesthetics perhaps that can be from a, the perspective of the profession or the patient are there any yeah, are there any concerns that you have that maybe people should be aware of if they're looking to to venture into this side of things? Uh, I'm I'm quite concerned about the amount of composite bonding that's being done at the moment. Um, I think that's been so interesting um, that it's been a social media. I think it's been a social media trend that patients have got to know about composite bonding and got this idea about it. Um, and it seems like everyone's doing it, and all these young patients have these big chunks of composite stuck on their teeth um which is fine but but and that's and, and normally it's quite non-invasive and so that's okay <clears throat> right now but composite you know it, it stains and it chips and um and long term all these patients are going to have problems 
And then it's going to be really interesting on, on how we manage that because there's not been a massive influx of this treatment like this in dentistry before. Um, and so, yeah, well, are we, what are we all going to do? Are they all going to move over to porcelain veneers? Are we going to be, are they going to be saying, can you remove this composite now? And then dentists having to explain that you can't remove composite. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, that's one thing I've been thinking about. I think that, I mean, there is, there is almost a, sh- a shift. I mean, I see what you're saying, there, but there's also been this kind of counter part to that where a lot of people of, um, celebrity status for example are a sort of winding down their dentistry so people who have previously had quite elaborate work on their teeth are now sort of not stripping it back completely but going for this much more natural look which I mean is that a pattern or, or a trend that you're seeing in your work that people want the work still but in a way that it appears to be natural rather than perhaps you know what I'm you know a little bit yeah. more um, oh, definitely. exaggerated if you see what I mean oh definitely yeah I remember like back in the day um in the first part of my career people kind of coming in and being like if I'm going to spend this much on my teeth you need to make them look like they've got light bulbs behind them like you know they, they wanted these like this like Hollywood smile um whereas um I think what I'm known for within my within um my, my smile makeovers is that I like to create these very natural results. I like my patients to look just really good looking without looking like they've had anything done. So that, that's, where my, where, that's where my joy lies. Um, and every clinician will have their own vibe. And you can tell the vibe by, by the pictures they portray of the work they've done. You really can. Yeah, you really on, their, can. on their social media and on their website. And, and then patients tend to resonate with that. So patients who come to me usually are the ones that are looking for a more natural look um and um, but but definitely like even just this week i had two big cases come in um for for clients a, a 20 unit and a, and a 10 unit and both of them were like i just need it to be so natural i need it to be so natural that can we put imperfections in it you know that one of the 20 unit case was like can we make the laterals rotated slightly so the teeth aren't even perfectly straight like she wants 20 veneers that aren't even that aren't even straight yeah <laughs> oh okay interesting so sort of like a i mean i, I don't know if this if this word is something you but sort of like a slight imperfection i guess yeah, so should, like, yeah. Planned, so it appears more natural yeah, yeah. imperfection yeah exactly so plan it and put it in so it still looks pretty but it's but it's an imperfection um yeah. so that and that's fun that's so fun it's harder it's harder to do that yeah to do that than it is to do to do perfect dentistry but but it's fun yeah yeah, it's got definitely. I can imagine it's got a lot more technical skill involved there. Yeah. Um, and what about? I mean, I know you've you've got your own skincare range, and and skincare has also become a very big, big thing within dentistry at the moment. And it kind of a lot of people have it running alongside their their dent their their, their dentistry essentially. Um, what do you think this is the future? Do you think this is something that we're going to see more of? Yeah. So you know, I like to see myself as a pioneer within within dentistry um certainly within aesthetic dentistry you know i brought gum fillers over to the uk um i was the first clinician to to do those over here um and um and the way that i see things moving forward and the way that i like to practice and, and the way that i teach is you know dentists uh may start off with single tooth dentistry and then i want to encourage them to go on to full mouth dentistry to look at the smile as a whole and do you know, quadrant dentistry or full arch dentistry or full mouth dentistry. And then let's move on from full mouth and let's look at full face dentistry and let's have a look at facially aesthetic, uh, facially driven aesthetic design. How does the smile fit in with the rest of the face and the proportions and what is it that needs to be done there um, to improve aesthetics um, or function? Um, and then I would like to take that and what, what I'm working on now, I'm building a team to take things one step further to have 
full body dentistry. So taking, um, taking, you know, put the mouth back in the body. Let's look at the whole. Let's look at the whole of you um, together, and let's have a holistic approach at, at looking at how that all works together, and having a team that can do that for you. Um, so I think that, and without a doubt, that is the way forward. That is the way the world is going. That is the way as we're we're becoming more technology technologically savvy as um, there's new um you know we're we're bringing in uh, the the new is a new clinic I'm creating and we're bringing in um a genetic analysis so someone that's going to come in and um you do various tests and then they look at your they look at your genes and then from that they can tell you how to optimize your workout routines how to optimize your diet and how to really biohack and optimize yourself um and uh, according to your genes so specifically designed for you yeah and you know bringing some someone like that into a dental practice is something that wasn't heard of before and i don't think it's been it's been done yet but but yeah that's that's what we're creating a full a full body um, aesthetic and wellness center that that, that starts at the mouth well it's, it sounds exciting i think it's an yeah. exciting time for aesthetic dentistry at the moment and yeah. um, i think the future there's there's thousands of opportunities for, for people to, to sort of grab um and it seems like you're you're doing that there with with your yeah. idea and I mean people listening now might be there might be students they might be um graduates who have perhaps only just started their career what what would your what would your tips be for them at this point if they're looking to venture into the aesthetics what would your your, your advice be for for these dentists yeah. So um, first of all, find your mentors. So make sure there's people out there that that you can go to that you you know that you're that you're following that you're aware of that you you know that you don't feel unsupported. Um, then you're going to find your courses. Um, and if you're not sure about which courses to go on, ask your mentors. We are more, more than happy to help you if you message us. And uh, you know, for those if your mentors on social media and you send them a DM. They'll reply. Everyone that sends me a DM, you get a reply, um, and um, and and we love we love helping people in our profession. So we can recommend which courses you go on, so that you can go and learn about how to do these treatments well. Um, so so firstly, there's that. So there's setting up your mentors and setting up your courses, and then really the advice is um, firstly to to kind of like I guess going back to before about the bullying in dentistry um, to try and just not worry about that. You know, I get messages from dentists quite often on on Instagram about saying that, oh, you know, so-and-so said this to me and I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to, you know, you know, some people are doing really cool things. They're doing cool things, raising money for charity. They're, they're creating really cool initiatives and they're getting a lot of jealousy and, and stress about it. And so I kind of want, want to say to them, like, ignore the bullies, know who you are and just go for it um and and know that you can be supported in the right environment and don't don't be put off by by the people that that are jealous um and then and then maybe finally um just go for it because i think that's the one thing in life that people just get so scared of like oh i don't know i'll just stay in the nhs and just do this for a bit because that how would i even get a private job even if i did a course how would i even sell that to a patient you know like if if you know in your in your heart like you know what your essence is and you know what it is that you want to do and that's the beauty of dentistry right like so within dentistry and again i always say this to young dentists um look inside you look at who your essence is and 
from that work out which uh, strain of dentistry works for you. So if you like, for example, gardening, then become a periodontist. If you like uh, Meccano and technique, like in making things and you know, screwing things in, then maybe you know, become an implantologist. If you, you like working with tiny little things and uh, you know, making jewelry or, or undoing the knots in jewelry, um, then, then become an endodontist. And, so, um, and if you like things, making things look nice and you like, you know, you're all about beauty and fashion and, and the way things look, then go into aesthetics. Um, and, and the beautiful thing about dentistry is that we don't all have to be general practitioners in the, in the NHS. We can all go within ourselves and work out what works for us. And then there's all these beautiful chains within dentistry that, that we can follow. So to work out who you are, um, and then, yeah, start learning bit by bit how to how to get into that profession and then just do it. Like, just go for it. Just create the life that you want to live because, yeah, that's it. We've got one life. And don't don't be stuck in a job that you don't love. Absolutely. Is this is this advice that you would tell your younger self? Yeah. Uh, when you were well, starting out? Yeah. So, I mean, I was already I went straight into the, the life that I loved um, and, I, and I did it because um, this advert came out in the BDJ for this, this job at Lindosler and you know, at the time, we'd already had a lecture in VT from Raj Ratan had come and lectured to us and said the first cosmetic dental spa has opened in the UK. And he put these pictures up of this dental practice with heated water beds and foot massages. And we were like, what is this place? Like, you know, this was like nothing that the UK had ever seen. And it's on Knightsbridge, you know, and it was like, wow. And so when, when a job came up to be part of Lundosla in the, in the BDJ, and it was the first job at, at Harvey Nicks, part of Lundosla, like all those words, um, you know, my friends were like, Manrina, it, it's fashion and dentistry, like, it's designer dentistry, like, this is your job, you need to, you need to apply for it. And I wasn't qualified for it, you know, I was in VT, I, I didn't have any experience, and I had nowhere, nowhere near the experience that they were asking for on the application, but I went for it. So it's not advice that I need to give to my younger self, because it's something that I did, but I went for it, and because I went for it, it changed the whole course of my life, and it's created this, this beautiful profession for me. But, but what I will say is I've been talking about... Uh, my product line I've been talking about uh, creating my own my own clinic my own brand uh, creating my courses for many many years and uh, and not done anything about it just carried on working as an associate and that's and that's fine building up my clinical skills and being all about that um, but then really you know uh, at some point about I don't know five years ago maybe four, four years ago um, I was like why am I not just doing all these things that I've been talking about doing for the last, how, you know, 15 years. Um, and then I just started doing them and one by one, just, just, just rolling them out, rolled out my product line, started my, my veneer course, you know, built my clinic, you know, create, created my brand and, and all of that. And I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. I'd done it. I'd done it. And so I think that's why my, my advice to my younger self would be just do it. Like, don't be like, you know, you're kind of scared, but, but, but if you just go like, you know, when I created my product line, um, they said, I met this dermatologist, um, from the Dominican Republic and she said to me she was like oh you know you do so much work with Abaji uh, you're making them so much money why don't you just create your own skincare line and I was like how would I even do that like that felt so scary and so like I wouldn't even I wouldn't know where to start and she was like well I've got my own my own skincare line in Dominican so let me show you how to do it and then then that was the first step and then step by step I, I went 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 through and created it but all of these things it's just learning on the job right so bit by bit you just do one step like what do I need to do now okay the next step and then before you know it you've created something and, and then that's your life so um just 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 start just have an idea and just start moving with it you know that's it just just do it that that would be my advice uh, to my younger self 
Do you, or what were, before we before we start to, to round up, what do you feel is the biggest challenge that you faced throughout your career? Oh, uh, the biggest challenge. Uh, it's a big maybe, question. <laughs> it is. I, the first thing that came to, I, I, I may have a different answer if I thought about it a bit longer, but, but the first uh, question, the first answer is maybe, um, maybe sexism. Yeah, just being being the only woman or one of very few in a really male-dominated environment and and really struggling to change um, male mindset. Yes. I mean, that's, that's unfortunately still something I think we're tackling now. Um, yeah. But you've obviously been a, a huge voice in that. Yeah, I'm a pretty big advocator. Yeah, yeah I, you, you have. I, I call people out on it all the time. Like, you know, because I'm like, if, if there's no one calling them out, about having their, their full male lecture lineup or about having, you know, all, all this really male-dominated presence which seems to be everywhere. If no one's calling them out, they're not going to change. And um, someone needs to mention it. And that, you For know, sure. we need... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even... Um, and it's, it's, it's just... It's not necessarily malicious but it needs to be pointed out anyway so that yeah. people understand that this is a, a mindset that needs to change you know, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where I might have pointed something out and people take a step back and think oh actually you're right and they just yeah. have, it has not occurred to them yet so I mean keep I, I'm I for one I think keep doing what you're doing because I think it's fantastic and um it's it's a uh, yeah it's a, a great conversation that needs to be had um and you've your career has shown that you can you can flourish as a woman within dentistry and 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 be the best at it and I think that's definitely something that um is is beneficial to those um within dentistry uh, both male and female you know it's it's not just a it's, it's it's good for for both both sides of things um so I mean I've I've got one more question for you and it was actually asked by a previous guest Dr. Christian Coachman and his question for you was how do you balance the ethics and the financial successes of dentistry is that a hard balance to find what is your advice in in finding that right level between the two Mm -hmm. so I think as long as you're working ethically you're doing your work well and you're charging appropriately for the time it takes for you to use the materials and the labs that it takes to do work at that level, then you will be rewarded for it. So I don't, I don't see that as a difficult balance. I think that it's really important to work ethically and, and, and as a dentist to not be scared to charge for it, to charge for the, the time it takes to, to do things well. Um, I would never, I would never say, you know, give your patients their options. The thing with, once you bring aesthetic dentistry in, um, you know, that, then the whole question of ethics comes up. But if a patient has come to you and asked for their aesthetic dental options, and if you're able to provide them to them, then um, you would split up your treatment plan. So you have your health treatment plan. So these are the things you really need to do because your mouth needs this. And then you have your aesthetic treatment plan, which is, which is you don't need any of these, but you might want them. And because I can, I'm going to give you what those options are. And the one treatment plan you use as a shopping list. So you go through it. You don't need to do any of it. But if you want to like bang, 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 I'll buy that, I'll buy that, I'll buy that. Then great, let me know and we'll, and we'll incorporate it into your health plan for you and we'll get it all done for you. Um, 
So I think, yeah, the ethical thing to do is to split them out, health work, aesthetic work, make it very clear to the patient that the aesthetic work is not essential um, and that they have options from everything that you're comfortable with doing to everything you're not comfortable with doing. So they know what all their options are and the things that you're not comfortable with doing, you send to someone who is comfortable. So you're, that, that, that's being ethical about it. Um, and, and then also dentists get scared of charging for things like they just want to do things for free or, or not charge. But, you know, you, if you, they, there's a cost to it. There's a cost to treatments um, and there's definitely a cost to aesthetic treatments because they're not essential. They're non-essential treatments um, that take time and have to, and have to be done with the best materials, with the best lab to create these beautiful results. You can't cut any corners. And there's a cost associated with that. And so if that patient wants that treatment, they should, they have to have it done at the highest level and they have to be prepared to pay that cost. And if they can't pay the cost, then they can't have that aesthetic treatment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so essentially be upfront about what you can do and charge the right amount for whatever you do end up doing. <laughs> yeah, and then aesthetics and, and money, um, being ethical and, and, and what you get paid for, it takes care of itself. Yeah, Because you're, yeah, you're doing yeah. a great job and getting paid for it, like doing a good ethical job, doing things in the correct way. And just mm. doing the, yeah, and being very clear about about the treatment you're doing. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, Manrina. It's been a great discussion about one of my favourite topics to speak about within dentistry. So, um, I mean, I could keep going now. I can feel myself <laughs> all these other questions coming in. Uh, but I, I mean, I really appreciate you giving up giving up your time. Um, it's been a great discussion. I think there's a lot here that people can take away. Oh, my pleasure. It was nice chatting with you. helping you stay up to date and in touch with all things dentistry. Delivered by FMC, Dentistry CBD brings together articles, courses, videos and live streaming education to help you stay compliant. With more than 250 hours of courses available to browse online, it covers a whole selection of areas including all of the GDC's recommended topics. All of this for just $29.99 a year. To get involved and start your CBD journey, visit dentistry.co.uk forward slash CBD.